Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our summary verses of the books of the Bible introduce us to the theme of each book of the Old and New Testament scriptures so that we might have a deeper appreciation and understanding of God's Word of Truth. We pray that these brief studies will enable you to get more out of your daily reading and hearing of God's Holy Word. Welcome back once again to Burden and Blessing and our 66 summary verses of the Bible. We are at the second to last book of the Bible, Neil. Uh, it's been a long haul. We're, we are on number 65, 3 John. And I would guess that of all of the books of the New Testament, this actually might be one of the very least familiar. Probably the easiest to read because it's the shortest, but also the least familiar. What is our summary verse for this very short book in the New Testament? Now, I agree, Nathaniel. It might be the easiest one to read as far as length but not always the easiest one to read as far as content goes. And I figured that's what you meant. We're looking from 3 John, verse 11. because There's only one chapter. Again, a quick read, but not to ponder over. It says, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. It's reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible there. Some powerful phrases there. Again, not to be read lightly. First of all, we know from other parts of the Bible, Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his first letter, chapter 15, that evil company corrupts good habits. And you definitely see that in this verse. Do not imitate what is evil. And we imitate the things that we're around. We, what, we, what, comes, what a man puts in himself, you know, and what comes out of himself defiles a man. And we know from Psalm 1 that we know that those who sit in the counsel of the unrighteous will be tempted and fall into those kinds of ways of thinking as well. In Ephesians 5, Paul says something similar as well to this letter from John, where he says, be imitators of God as dear children. And that gives us the idea of the really comparison between being a friend of God and a friend of the sinful world. When we look at this verse, John is saying, my friend, do not imitate the world. Do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. And God classifies for us what is good, what is right, what is fitting, what is righteous in his eyes. And so we need to continue to remember that it is the Lord, the one who tells us real clearly what is right and wrong, what is good and evil. And that's why John says here, the one who does evil has not seen God. In other words, the one that rejects God's goodness and his good counsel is following the way of evil and unrighteousness. And so John is, again, pleading with his friends, with his fellow believers to not imitate the evil, but be imitators of Christ who poured out his life for us to give to us what is eternally good through that eternal word of God. This verse highlights goodness. And you pointed out that that is objectively true. It's not up for debate. You don't get to decide what is true or good for you, and I get to decide what is good for me. It's objectively true. And what I love about this verse, Neil, is that it's, you, you mentioned that this is a short, a short, short book, 14 verses. The other word that's repeated over and over and over again in this chapter is the word truth. John says truth is important. And a lot of times we disassociate truth with goodness. We say, okay, there's true and there's false, but good is relative. John says, no, what is good is good for everybody. 
It's not determined subjectively based on our feelings. And the reason for that is because what is true, what is true has been decided to be true by God. Well, the same thing is true with goodness. God determines what is good and what is evil. It's not up for debate. It's not based on feeling. It's based on what God knows is right and good and best for us. And so John wants us, number one, to understand that it isn't up for debate, that it isn't based on our feelings. It is objectively true, established by God very clearly. And what does he say? He says he wants us to pursue goodness, to pursue what is good. And on the contrary, to avoid or depart from what is evil. Again, as we get to the closing chapters and verses of the New Testament, what an important reminder as we move forward in the world today of that proper understanding. We talk about proper understanding between law and gospel, but also the proper understanding between what is good and what is evil, pursuing what is good and forsaking what is evil. I like when you're using that word pursuit so much because we are all walking in this short life. What or who are we pursuing? That's why I thought of this first two verses of this wonderful hymn that's hopefully well known from the Lutheran hymnal, Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus. Again, reminding us that what are we pursuing? What are we walking after? We want to follow with our Savior. So these verses say, Let us ever walk with Jesus. Follow his example pure. Flee the world which would deceive us and to sin our soul's allure. Ever in his footsteps treading, body here, yet soul above. Full of faith and hope and love, let us do the Father's bidding. Faithful Lord, abide with me. Savior, lead, I follow thee. Let us suffer here with Jesus, to his image ere conform. Heaven's glory soon will please us. Sunshine, follow on the storm. Though we sow in tears of sorrow, we shall reap in heavenly joy. And the fears that now annoy shall be laughter on the morrow. Christ, I suffer here with thee. There, oh, share thy joy with me. Amen. We invite you to listen for new books each week on Burden and Blessing Podcast, where we believe and confess that every word of God is true. We pray that you will be assured that God's word is pure and is more precious than gold.